Greetings everyone out there in the audio abyss. This is Casey Ellis welcoming you to another great episode of That Sounds Made Up. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Keeley. Matt, now you've uh, been pursuing a career in uh, arts and entertainment, right? As of you, my good sir. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're both hopeless romantics for the idea of, uh, of, of our work being one day eventually celebrated, perhaps. Somehow, the accomplishment of making something makes us hold on to this dream that someone will see it and be like, these guys got something to say. Well, let me ask you something, Matt. Have you ever thought about the prospect of fame? Oh, all the time. You think that you would be able to... Like, acclimate yourself well to a lifestyle of being one of the rich and famous? Uh, no. That's the genuine opinion. (laughs) I feel like in order to be that level of wealthy and famous, you gotta kind of adopt this, like, trouble-free public persona. Like, I follow The Rock on Instagram, and he's very much, like, hands-off, bodybuilding, movie promotions... Occasionally endorsing candidates, uh, but for the most part, he has no blemishes whatsoever to his character. That ain't me. Whenever you become famous, do you think that it's like a, a social contract with the rest of society that you kind of owe them a little bit of yourself and that fans and adoration that just kind of comes with the territory? Or do you think that there is uh, a right to certain amounts of privacy? Ooh, uh, you know, that's a great moral question there. I think it all depends on where you fall on, like, uh, a political spectrum. Because <laughs> hmm. it's that idea of, like, yes, all my fans, they made me. Uh, I deserve to give back to them. Versus, like, screw you, poor people. I made it on my own. Yeah. Well, and part of it, I think, comes into play is just how ravenous are your fans. Mm-hmm. And that comes into today's episode. I will say we have mentioned doing this one before, and I'm interested to see if you kind of catch on based on the terms I'm going to give you. Okay. You ready to learn some terms, Matt? I I love the vocab section of our podcast. The first one's a pretty easy one. King. All right. A title given to a male monarch in a variety of contexts. Because there's different ways you can be a king. Of course. My mind went to chess, but that's not what we're talking about. Or the creepy-ass Burger King. Oh, my God. He reigns over my nightmares. <laughs> I would watch a horror movie starring the king. Oh, Sidebar. absolutely. And the second term that I have for you, pseudocide. The Ooh. act the act of faking one's death. Pseudocide. So we're talking about kings and faking deaths. What do you think we're going to be talking about today, Matt? That sounds like a rad, like, uh, new wave indie album title, Pseudocide. Uh, (laughs) This is a king faking his death. Our story begins. Elvis Aaron Presley. No! (laughs) We had to do it eventually, Matt. Oh, I love this already. Elvis Aaron Presley, the legendary singer and movie star who became known as the king of rock and roll died of heart failure 43 years ago. Or so they say. 
His death on August 16, 1977 stunned the music industry and devastated millions of diehard fans worldwide. Now, there had been stars before Elvis, people mm-hmm. who had, you know, captured the hearts and minds uh, of several people, like Charlie Chaplin, I would say he was iconic. You oh, know, yeah. But, but Elvis was a worldwide sensation. Yeah, uh, I've seen... Uh, what is it? Million Dollar Quartet, where it was Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, um, and two other very well-known musicians. <laughs> well, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, yeah, that, it's gonna come to me. And but even even today, man, like think of who's like the most looming, large presence, not just in music but in society. Like maybe Beyonce. You mentioned The Rock earlier. Yeah, uh, they can't hold a candle to Elvis, right? Like the the man made like his. I always picture like the screaming girls in the front of rows, like passing out. Um, the the whole like him getting having to be shot from the waist up on TV because of his hip gyrations. <laughs> you was, you have not hmm. left a legacy. When, unless it's 2020 and they're still making weird, creepy commemorative plates out of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the the whole, like, Elvis impersonator contests. So, in the days following his funeral, speculation grew among a small group of skeptics that Elvis might not have died after all. Despite clear statements from doctors and a coroner that the 42-year-old superstar was dead disbelievers were adamant that the reign of the king was not yet through. Mm, yeah. And at 42. He died at 42? Yeah, well, whenever you get uh, addicted to uppers and you've got a diet that includes fried peanut butter banana sandwiches and you're going out and taking care of business every night on stage, that's going to take a toll. That's harsh. Yeah, because I, I always picture there's, like, phases of Elvis that you go through. You got the, hu- like, hunky, like, heartthrob stage. And then there's clearly, like, past his prime Elvis where with his, like, gut hanging out and all sweaty. and Well, yeah, you look at, uh, like, young Sun Records Elvis, like, the, the hound dog days. He is a lean, mean music machine. Mm-hmm. But you get towards like the viva las vegas years and he's wearing the evil knievel jumpsuits (laughs) he looks like a parody of himself by that point it's kind of like what meatloaf turned into (laughs) are you saying that meatloaf is elvis had he not died i think that's what we're gonna get to in this podcast so you're telling me that meatloaf is just reheated that oh oh meatloaf burn that's a rare one Oh, not if you set the temperature high enough. Ooh! Damn! I am taking meatloaf to task today. He deserves it, honestly. So we are talking about the admiration of fans. Now, I imagine a typical casual Elvis fan would just be like, okay, uh, a beloved musician's dead. That's a bummer. I'm moving on, though. Yeah. Now, the you know, crazy subsect of fandom just can't let him go. He is mine forever! Like the type of people that are 
waiting outside of Graceland for 12 hours just to capture, you know, like a, 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 a snap a pic of him in his bathrobe or something. Sure. And that really hasn't f- changed. I would say it's actually gotten worse in culture with the, you know, the rise of social media. Celebrity hmm. is no longer that much at a distance from the regular populace. Yeah. I figure if Elvis were, well, <laughs> he might still be, but if he like had an Instagram handle and was just like streaming live every other day or like had updates like, hey, just make myself a sandwich, oh, you know. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that I'm going to be on Twitch tonight. <laughs> I'm playing Among Us tonight and uh, I'm acting real sus. <laughs> <laughs> so over the past four decades, fans across North America have insisted that they've spotted Elvis out and about in the world. (laughs) So in 1989, three so-called Elvis enthusiasts even created the Elvis Sighting Society to monitor these apparent incidents. (laughs) Elvis enthusiasts. (laughs) So this, uh, I I looked into it, and the, the Sighting Society... It's as old as I am, 1989, and they're, oh. they're, they've got a web presence now, too. Wow. Can you, like, sign up to be a member? Well, it's, it's kind of like a blog. <laughs> People oh, that okay. have, have claimed to have seen Elvis kind of pop in and tell their stories. Right, right. I kind of pictured this, like, ancient order of Elvis uh, enthusiasts that had, like, robes and incantations they would chant. <laughs> Ah, e nominis hunk of burning love, dominis atros. Exactly. What's actually fascinating is this kind of toxic fandom that would spawn people to commit themselves to looking into Elvis sightings has also had this kind of full circle back to decency. They also do charity work. Yay! So I don't know how I feel about these people. (laughs) At least it's productive. In that case, you know, we talked about the Flat Earthers. Uh, they, they didn't really contribute back. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, very many people that believe that the Earth is hollow also raising money for, like, softball team uniforms. Right. It's just like a, a weighted measure of take and give. <laughs> so on the afternoon of August 16th, 1977, the day of Presley's death, A man bearing a striking resemblance to Elvis is said to have purchased a one-way ticket from Memphis International Airport to Buenos Aires. He supposedly gave the name John Burroughs, which confidants of Presley would confirm was a pseudonym Elvis used when checking into hotels. Hmm. So there also just might have been a guy named John Burroughs. (laughs) It's a fairly normal name. Well, let's think. Let's also consider this. So Elvis, for whatever reason, has faked his death, had a fake funeral, and on that day, he's trying to hightail it out of the U.S. I don't think he's going to show up looking like Elvis. Yeah, I would, like, grow out a beard and, like, I don't know, wear a fat suit or, well... A fatter suit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, John Burroughs here. Oh, I need to get to Argentina. My name's Elvis and not Elvis Presley. (laughs) Just a lingering cough. (laughs) And here's your plane ticket, Mr. Burroughs. Well, thank you very much. Hey. Hey, are you? I gotta go. Uh, Buenos Aires is calling me. 
He walks off. His hips are gyrating uncontrollably. Just a note to the listeners, we will be doing these god-awful Elvis impersonations through the remainder of the episode. The whole goddamn episode. It's, it's just way too much fun. Do you know if he was, like, in good financial situations, or was he one of those, like, hedonistic artists that would just blast through their money? Well, he... I don't know exactly what his financial standing was, but he was famous for showering everyone in his entourage with, like, ridiculous gifts and going on jaunts out of nowhere and just blowing money yeah it's that like rock star lifestyle that catches up to you later on why else would you go to argentina like that feels like the ultimate stereotypical latin american country that you go to to like avoid the tax collector (laughs) i know there's a conspiracy theory that hitler is still alive and moved to argentina Oh, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, Nazis, whenever the Nuremberg trials came up, like Adolf Eichmann, they all kind of exodused over to South America. So I love that now it's a considered this, uh, uh, like, go-to spot for famous or, or um, infamous p- people. For real, they must not have, like, extradition treaties set up. Like, eventually, like, Elvis and JFK were having a poker game on the beach. With Bigfoot. I'll raise your 20 there, uh, Elvis. Oh, uh, fold. <laughs> Too rich for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> so a great deal of the Elvis is alive intrigue centers on the day of Presley's funeral. Elvis's cousin, Gene Smith, thought that the body looked a little strange. Quote, His nose looked kind of puggy looking, and his right sideburn was peeling straight out. It looked like about an inch. Smith said in a 1991 special called The Elvis Files. Oh my First God. of all, I would love for there to be a show called The Elvis Files. Ooh. Where it's just the X-Files, but every case somehow ties back to Elvis. He's done it again. All right. And behind this door is the alien leader. Oh, Elvis. Mm. And I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you two metal and FBI agents. <laughs> Rut row, Raggy. Scooby-dooby-doo, where is Elvis? We looked in Argentina. <laughs> so Elvis's cousin continues and says that at the funeral, his hairline looked like a hairpiece or something that was glued on. Smith also uh, was troubled by the smoothness of Presley's typically calloused hands and that sweat appeared on his brow, even though he was deceased in the casket. Now, a lot of people believe this description would be appropriate for a wax replica. I mean, I've been to a funeral, and I know what people look like after they've been deceased for a little bit, and the the funeral home is, you know, they have the responsibility of making the body presentable. They don't really look like themselves. They're very waxy looking. Yeah, let's be honest. Whenever they put that skin skin cream or whatever that's supposed to simulate the look of blood, you know, uh, enriched skin that isn't necrotic. They look very, like, almost kind of clownish a little bit. A little doll-like? Yeah, it's almost kind of that Trump look Mm. where it's like, "Ah, it doesn't look right. I guess this is a face. Well, (laughs) I'm just imagining... Elvis going to a wax sculptor 
and like critiquing <laughs> the resemblance. Like, oh, there's no way I'm that fat, but I've never seen a nose so puggish. I love that adjective. I'm going to use that. <laughs> okay. So skeptics also point to an apparent name misspelling on the king's tombstone, uh, on the king's gravestone, as proof of a cover-up. Now, his his middle name on his actual gravestone is misspelled. That is true. Hmm. And the skeptics say that Presley's middle name was purposefully spelled wrong. His name was Elvis Aaron Presley, and his name is legally A R O N, but the tombstone has two A's. Oh. Mm-hmm. So a skeptic would say that this was done intentionally because to put his actual name there would have been too taboo. So he's dead, but he didn't want people to know that he's dead, except when he did want them to be dead. Got it. Yeah, his motivations are just clear as day for wanting to... It's like he's leaving a, a trail of breadcrumbs off of his peanut butter banana sandwich. <laughs> I'm too close there on my trail. You gotta find me. <laughs> Maybe one day Nicholas Cage will find the national treasure and then he'll find me. Oh my god, I was just thinking that. <laughs> but here's the big question, Matt. Why would Elvis want to fake his death? Why? Was the fame just too much? Did he just want a fresh start away from his persona? Or was it a necessary act to avoid harm? I'm dying to know. You know what I just realized? Nicolas Cage and Elvis are both very similar impressions. That sort of nasally, like lazy in the front of the mouth, I'm gonna steal your blue suede shoes. Not if I take the Declaration of Independence first. (laughs) (laughs) I love that your version of Elvis does a Mickey Mouse laugh after each sentence. Oh, yeah. So one of the biggest theories on why Presley may have faked his death is because he had to in order to escape the Mafia. Yeah! Yeah, now this is going down the the insanity rabbit hole here. (laughs) So, writer Gail Brayer Giorgio, the author of the 1988 best-selling book, Is Elvis Alive? question mark, recalled in an interview with Time Magazine how she poured through the thousands of FBI documents to come to the conclusion that Presley was an American hero who had to go into witness protection. Do tell. She said that the FBI enlisted Presley as an undercover agent in 1976 to help the agency infiltrate a criminal organization called the Fraternity. (laughs) That just sounds like a bad episode of, like, Magnum P.I. or something. Right? And that the fraternity was apparently made up of dozens of racketeers. Just picturing a bunch of frat boys. <laughs> All right, Elvis. Look, we're trying to blow this case wide open, and only your special skill set will get it done. Will you take the case? Well, I don't know. It sounds kind of risky. Your country needs you, Elvis. Well, I'm going to hop to it. Later at the Sigma Chi house. Holy shit, it's Elvis, man! You gotta get in here! Because <laughs> when you have an undercover agent, you want them to be the most famous face in the world. Instantly recognizable. It's kind of like how I always wondered why James Bond always introduces himself as James Bond when everyone knows he's a goddamn spy. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow, you just blew open probably the most, uh, the, 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 
whitest produced movie series in the history of cinema. <laughs> so according to Brewer Giorgio, Presley volunteered for the opportunity, spurred by his love of America and respect for the FBI. Now, it is true that he did have a love of law enforcement. He collected badges, and he actually solicited Richard Nixon to get a special agent's uh, badge for drug enforcement. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I knew he served in the military, too. Mm-hmm. So the author said that uh, the agency had approached Presley because a member of the fraternity, remember this is uh, this racketeer syndicate, they had apparently dealt with Presley over the sale of an airplane that the singer had purchased. So. Oh, so it's like he's undercover, but they know they're dealing with Elvis. Right. It's not like, okay, Elvis, we're going to put this fake mustache on you, and your name <laughs> is John Smithsonian. Uh, I go by John Brennan? Brewer? <laughs> Damn it, I Bur forgot already. Burroughs. <laughs> Shmelvis Schmesley is my name. Look, Elvis, you can't keep using that same fake name over and over again. Uh, that's my calling card, buddy. <laughs> so I'm telling uh, you, Nicolas Cage would still play that in this if we wrote the script. <laughs> when Brewer Giorgio, uh, so, so she writes that Presley was found out to be a mole by the fraternity, and he was put into witness protection by the government citing that she has seen evidence from FBI documents and interviews that all point to this conclusion. All right. I'd love to see those documents. Yeah. <laughs> I always love when people arrive at batshit conclusions and they're like, well, if you look at the, at the evidence, okay, well, let's see it. Well, I don't have it. Right. It's very secret evidence that, you know, we wouldn't be able to let the public see for good reason, obviously. So... Brewer Giorgio concludes, quote, Elvis faked his death because he was going to be killed and there was no doubt about it. I have doubt about it. Yeah, there's some doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so another personality uh, in this story, quote, says, Those FBI files are available to the public. I have them. There's nothing in there, said Patrick Lacey, an Elvis Presley researcher who wrote Elvis Decoded. <laughs> which debunks the theories surrounding Presley's death. Oh, my God. I love that there is a profession uh, Elvis researcher. Yeah, you know, he got his degree in Elvisology <laughs> from Oxford. I'm telling you, you gotta come up with a thesis for your PhD. Fuck it, Elvis. So the conspiracy theories bring unnecessary pain to Presley's family, said Lacey, who calls mm. himself a big Elvis fan. Oh yeah, I gathered that already, Mr. Lacey. <laughs> he, <laughs> he says, quote, I didn't just get into this because I've got nothing better to do. I believe that people who say Elvis is alive are doing a great disservice to him and his family. I am so in love with the fact that no one apparently seemed to ask like, if he had anything better to do. He's just insisting that he does. I mean, my kid bought a Switch the other day, and I could just be sitting down there uh, playing with my kid or, like, being a better father. Look, we all love Animal Crossing, but I have a calling in life. There is a need that needs to be addressed. I wonder if Elvis is hiding out in Animal Crossing. Come to my island. <laughs> Come see my farm on Facebook. 
turnips are for uh, 420 bells just for this week. So and one... that's my Animal Crossing reference. <laughs> so are you ready to hear some of these accounts from Elvis witnesses that have cited the king of rock and roll since his death? My ears are ready. One gentleman describes seeing the king around 2 a.m. in a diner in Ontario. Because that's where I suspect Elvis is. Yes, because he gets hungry as well. Quote, I can't believe it. I know it was him. I could feel it in my bones. I could sense it in my stomach. It was Elvis Presley, and I know it. Don't ask me how, because it's beyond human explanation. But I know it was him. Beyond human explanation. There we go back to the X-Files. He feels it in all of his anatomy, Matt. Mm. Oh, Elvis, I, I can feel it. That's gross. This guy's got a real boner for Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> he had to put that menu down to cover it. So the man claims to have begun to approach Elvis, Elvis in quotes, when the king merely winked at him and made a shh gesture with his index finger. Now, I think this was just a guy who saw a fucking creeper coming at him and was just like trying to deter him away. Hey, chill out, man. I'm just trying to enjoy my burger. <laughs> so what do you think of the validity of that one? You think it was the king? Nope. All right, well, let's keep on rolling. I'm a I'm tough a cookie. I'm going to get you. Try this one on for size. In the late 1980s, the epicenter of the Elvis Lives universe shifted to Kalamazoo, Michigan. All right, not quite as north. <laughs> a city Elvis played four months before his death. In 1988... A woman named Louise Welling from nearby Vicksburg claimed that she had seen Presley standing in line at the local Felspouch supermarket. He was rocking a white jumpsuit naturally and mm. purchased an electrical fuse. Because everybody needs those from time to time. I can't get beyond this idea that, okay, if Elvis is out there, he's not gonna dress like Elvis! <laughs> It's like if Dwayne the Rock Johnson had seen like a horrible murder of some important dignitary and they secreted him away to like Little Rock, Arkansas. And it's like, <laughs> okay, Mr. Johnson, your new identity is we're going to call you The Stone. Can I still work out and be super bulgy? All right, but you can only tell 17 people that you're actually The Rock. No more. Deal. <laughs> Uh, so the Welling family from Michigan continues because Welling's daughter later spied Elvis scarfing whoppers at the the local Burger King. Scarfing? <laughs> I love that it's already wheeled about to Burger King once more. Hey, whenever you're the king, where would you feel more welcome than exactly. BK? At your kingdom! Quote, what gives this account eerie credibility, says expert David Adler in an interview with the Los Angeles Times, promoting his Presley-themed cookbook. All right. He says, what gives this 
account eerie credibility is that Burger King was by far Elvis's favorite fast food chain. Well, oh. fuck, I'm sold. Oh. I thought it was going to be like, you know, if this guy's a culinary expert on Elvis, he'd be like, yes, he took his patties twice and once with like five slices of cheese. And, you know, what is the Elvis burger? Not just fucking his favorite restaurant. Give me a break. The individual brought his own butter and sliced bananas that he applied to the Whopper. Right. And then he accidentally dropped his birth certificate and social security card. Oh, no. Uh, somebody called the FBI. Tell him that John Burroughs said there's been an incident. <laughs> that was it. John Burroughs. And, okay, so let's go back. What do you think of the Elvis of Burger King? Think I it was the del- king of rock and roll? I am delighted that uh, we learned that he likes Burger King. Well, let's be honest. The Midwest is sideburn country. Yeah. Ooh, so I've get- never heard it referred to that way. I love that. Yeah, that, that needs to be part of a political ad. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Sideburn Country. Okay. You've heard of the Rust Belt. Time for sideburns. <laughs> Did you know that Elvis apparently appeared as a background extra in the film Home Alone? What? Now that I believe. The Home Alone series actually got some high-profile background actors. So in a scene where actress Catherine O'Hara is arguing with a flight staff member at the airport... There is a man that distinctly has an Elvis kind of look about him standing a few feet behind her. Because, you know, he misses the fame. He, he still loves being in the spotlight, but he just wants to step back a little now. That, that is an intriguing thought process because I know for a fact that you didn't just wander on set. That had to be booked through a casting agency ahead of time. You know what we need to do? We need to scour the credits of Home Alone for a featured extra by the name of John Burroughs. <laughs> is this Home Alone 1? Yeah. Okay. This is our first, that sounds made up, homework assignment that both of us have just made for ourselves. <laughs> Update in later episodes. So this myth has been propagated so much that eventually the director of Home Alone, Chris, uh, Chris Columbus, gave an interview in which he said, Okay, if Elvis was on my movie set, I would know about it. Right. Uh, well, good for him for addressing it. How how about the probability that Elvis Presley was in Home Alone? Again, I'm going to do what we just said, look through it, see if there's a John Burroughs, um, or if there's some like coded uh, pseudonym for the pseudonym, because that's the level that Elvis is thinking on, apparently. Uh, Well, I'm going to give you my last sighting that I have here. Lay it on me. This comes from Mr. John Stauber from... Solid name. (laughs) This one comes from 2003. Stauber is like the kind of name you have when you have a giant, like, uh, mustache. (laughs) So, he's in... So, this happened in Iowa, another Rust Belt state. Mm Mm-hmm. Power to the sideburns! And this one happened at a Denny's. Okay, I'm already tickled more by this than any of the other three. So many of these are at burger joints. Just like shitty fast food places that Elvis would absolutely love. Uh, Is there any way you can get some bananas on this uh, moons over my hammer? Oh, daddy wants some chicky in his tummy. (laughs) So, Mr. Stauber claims 
to have witnessed Elvis going into the men's room, to which he then followed him, and then, in order to get proof, pulled out his phone and started taking pictures of the man urinating at the urinal. Oh my god! Which then upset the supposed Elvis to the point that he knocked him down and snapped his phone and left. Oh, you think? To which Mr. Stauber believes was Elvis trying to cover his tracks. <laughs> or you just followed a fucking guy and started taking video of him with his dick out and he wasn't happy about it. I certainly wouldn't be. I wouldn't be like, oh, would you like to catch it from a three-quarter angle shot? Maybe an over-the-shoulder? Or, like, how do you explain that away in that situation? It's like, oh, no, 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 this is for research. You, you very well could be Elvis Presley, who died 20-plus <laughs> years ago. I'm just imagining, like, the manager dragging him out of the Denny's. You don't understand. It was totally fine. It was Elvis. This was like a sighting of a rare albino tiger, man. you got to capture it so that it exists. I mean, look, you know, if I found, like, Andy Kaufman at an IHOP and he is dropping trowel and draining the lizard, I'm going to let the man be. There's, you know, you got to have standards. Uh, Gross. If, if, if Jimmy Hoffa is taking a dump at Stucky's, it's not the time to snap a photo. Is that a real restaurant? Mm-hmm. That sounds made up. <laughs> but it just goes to show I knew it was a crappy fast food place just by the name. So, in 1991, October of 1991, Elvis Presley was honored in Ottawa City by uh, the, the city council as they voted 11 to 2 to call an unnamed street Elvis Lives Lane. Oh, so not just the artist's career, but the, the conspiracy that he was alive They've yeah in so, Ottawa. Which is the location of the Elvis sighting group. They live there, and they, <laughs> they got the city council to name a conspiracy street. I mean, if it's all for tourism, why not? And according to the Elvis Sighting Society website... This is, before I say this, this is them bragging. Okay, Matt? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Quote, The street has been visited by many celebrities, including President Bill Clinton's mother, <laughs> who chose to visit this site over all the many other attractions in Canada's capital. The way you delivered that was perfect, because when I heard Bill Clinton, oh, really, his mother, oh... <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, uh, somewhere, like, uh, on, like, Late Night or The Tonight Show, it's like, okay, look, uh, LeBron James had to cancel, but don't worry, we got, we booked Bill Clinton's mother. Uh, hey, Mrs. Clinton, um... I gave birth to, uh, Billy. Well, what else you been up to? That's it. I'm planning on dying soon. Stay tuned. We've got uh, Scotty Pippen's dog. <laughs> so, kind of rounding this out a little bit, Elvis Presley's death certificate will remain under wraps and not in the public until 2027, Ooh. which will be 50 years after his passing in accordance with Tennessee state law. 
So we won't know officially. And even so, who's to say that's not a conspiracy in and of itself, Matt? That makes me wonder if it's like copyright law in that, (laughs) you know, it's not public domain after a certain uh, grace period or graceland period, if you will. Ooh. That was a really bad one. Uh, I apologize for that. (laughs) So, naturally, there are some pretty good explanations for many of the conspiracies that I've listed previously. Patrick Lacey, who we talked about earlier, the the author of the book Elvis Decoded, claims to have debunked the story of Elvis flying out of Memphis for Buenos Aires. He interviewed airport officials that worked there at the time and determined that international flights weren't available from Memphis until a year later. Aww. So that there's a there's a yeah. fly in that ointment. All right, that explains uh, why we got Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> He's just he 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 just wants to stay localish now or domestic. <laughs> the furthest from Central America. Yeah, he had a change of heart for climate. Yeah. And in regard to the misspelling of his middle name on his gravestone, it is actually known that Elvis preferred to spell it A-A-R-O-N as opposed to his birth spelling. And his full signature on display several places reflects that spelling preference. Hmm. I will say A-R-O-N is a fucking weird way to spell Aaron. I run. (laughs) So... This is what I'm going to put on for the last bit of this. Just a little a little thing for you to consider whenever taking in the totality of this story. So, when examining an Elvis sighting, you have to consider that there is a very popular cottage industry of Elvis impersonators. Yeah. And according to Elvis.net, in 1970, there were an estimated 250 professional Elvis impersonators. Now, that's when he was still alive. Mm. And an Elvis impersonator being someone who makes a living through the craft of impersonating his music and appearance for public uh, events for money. Yeah. And that, uh, according to Elvis.net, they estimate that today there are as many as 35,000 Elvis impersonators worldwide. Wow. In 2014... A Guinness World Record was set for the most Elvis impersonators in one gathering. Elvis Fest. That number was 895. Wow. So it would stand to reason that folks who made a living looking like Elvis, especially in the 70s, would eventually grow into looking like an older Elvis, right? Uh, If I understand linear progression of time correctly, sure. Uh, let me crunch some numbers here. Hmm. Beep, beep, boop. Boop, mm-hmm. boop, boop, beep. Yeah, that makes sense. So my sources for this story were Melissa Chan writing for Time Magazine, Mental Floss, The Elvis Sighting Society, AmericanSongwriter.com, and Elvis.net. Nice. Whew. Wow. So what, what do you think, Matt? Let's go. Does it sound made up that Elvis died? Is he still strumming his six strings somewhere apparently in the midwest you know uh i'm very glad we did a deep dive into this but let's be let's be honest here i can't think of another celebrity death that is so embarrassing as elvis shitting his brains out on the can (laughs) 
Yeah, going into cardiac arrest while, I mean, the king dying on the throne is the old joke. Oh, yeah. <sighs> but, like, if you're going out that way, if that is your grand scheme to convince people that you're you're done, I don't know. That's not a lot of dignity to go out on. Yeah, I'm imagining if he had faked his death, he's negotiating with the witness protection people about how they're going to recover his body. It's like, oh, I'm thinking maybe I, uh, I jumped my Harley going over the Grand Canyon. Well, no, we think maybe you uh, had a, a heart attack and uh, and pooped yourself to death. Well, well the king's not hmm. too fond of that one, I'm going to be honest with you. Can I, can I maybe, I don't know, be surrounded by a pile of money at least? Nah, okay, okay. Uh... Well, you, you, you die in your giant-ass mansion still. Well, I guess that's a, that's a compromise. <laughs> don't let those fraternity boys get me. So... Uh, any last thoughts about uh, the perception that Elvis faked his death and that he is sometimes in diners at two in the morning? Uh, you know, I I feel like, oh my God, people want to feel like they're a part of something extraordinary sometimes. And in order to get that, they will allow themselves to become kind of creepy to do that. I mean, it goes back to that celebrity status question you asked earlier is like to the point where somebody would barge in on a complete stranger pissing at a urinal to record video of him. Like that just tells you how incredibly famous and influential Elvis Presley was to that sort of, you know, development of culture in that time of history. Absolutely. And my final thought on this it's been a recurring motif throughout many of these episodes is that there is a very simple explanation for something that people will refuse because it makes a really interesting story. Right. And whenever the truth isn't that amazing, you print the legend. And there's mm -hmm. not that many legends bigger than Elvis, Aaron Presley. Well, I've been Casey Ellis here for the Elvis is Alive episode, and I, I just got to thank my co-host Matt Keeley for sticking with us this long and eventually going Ahab on, on <laughs> such a white whale of an episode. Yeah, uh, that's me. Uh, I'm your co-co-host, John Brennan, or Burroughs. I mean, <laughs> uh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Wait, come uh, back. We, uh, we all got to get out of here. So, happy Halloween. Uh, we're going to be releasing this one uh, close to Halloween, and uh, we wanted to do something special for y'all. And, uh, again, if you feel that uh, we've been doing a fun job with this show, please give us a subscription or a rating on Apple. We always appreciate that. You can also listen on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Good night. <laughs>